episode of the Kings of White Hart Lane. It's a new podcast. I was inspired by my friend Luke Carell, who actually joins me on the line. We're both two massive Tottenham fans, and hopefully you'll be my co-host for the duration of the season if this continues as an experiment beyond that. How are you, Luke? Good, James. Absolutely honoured to be on. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Really excited. Absolute pleasure, because uh, for the listeners, if there are any at this stage... Uh, Luke actually started his own rugby podcast there called Blah Blah Rugby, and it's specifically aimed for Leinster fans, but it does cover a lot of rugby as well, so I definitely recommend people going over to that podcast if people enjoy that kind of thing. So today, pretty good timing in terms of a Tottenham fan to start a podcast with Jose Mourinho coming in and our beloved Mauricio Pochettino leaving the club. So just to kind of start off, what are your... What are your thoughts about Pochettino leaving? Do you think it was right? And what do you think about Mourinho going forward? Do you think he's the right man? Uh, well, my initial reaction when I saw the news that Pochettino was gone, I was absolutely gutted. Like, I was Pochettino was probably my favourite part of like the entire Tottenham Football Club. Um, I just loved the way he managed people. I loved how nice a guy he was. I loved what he'd done, brought us from kind of mid-table mediocrity right up to like a, a properly big team. I know he never got us over the line to that, that trophy that kind of we all really wanted him and us to get. But um, yeah, I just loved the things he was doing. And so my initial reaction was literally absolutely gutted. Uh, and then kind of I had a bit of overnight, I guess, I reflected on it. And then I think from Levy, he probably took the decision earlier than I thought he would. But... Really, when you look at our, our league form over the last year, it's, it's been so, so poor. Uh, and the stories kind of I've heard since now about Poch make it seem like he'd potentially lost the dressing room a bit. Uh, so, so in the end, maybe it was kind of the correct correct decision. I just kind of was, took me a bit by surprise. And as I say, I was devastated um, to hear it. What about you? What were your feelings initially? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like, even in the, the days beforehand that Pochettino got sacked, I, I really still felt that he was the right man. I just thought that the squad needed an overhaul. Like, it was something that Pochettino even said himself on a couple of occasions, that it's going to be a painful rebuild. And he didn't show in any other previous season that he wasn't a coach that could take us to the next level. He was consistently improving on each season, getting us to a first-ever Champions League final. So, I, my, yeah, my first reaction was disappointment because I felt he deserved better than that. I think there, there's a certain amount of players who should really kind of look at themselves in terms of not performing at their level that they should have been performing at. And, yeah, like Pochettino, I'd imagine if he's allowed to say anything in the aftermath of this that he would criticise the lack of backing he got. He was quite a a a good face for Tottenham in terms of it was only really in pre-season this year that he was complaining about maybe they should change his his job title to head coach instead of manager yeah. because he doesn't even really have a say but um yeah I think I'd it feels even though I, I felt it was harsh I can understand why they did it and completely agree with the league form that you can't really justify as a, a top four contender that kind of point return over 25 games or 24 games, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mourinho, I think in his first season at most clubs, he gives the impression that he is uh, the perfect man for the job and everything like that. But I think as first impressions go, he does seem like he has become more aware of maybe some failings he had before he left Manchester United that he's trying to be more 
encouraging the players and not making it so much about him, whether or not that lasts too long, who knows. But I'm excited for the future, and I think it, we've, a, we've a far better chance of winning a trophy. Do you think Mourinho is the right man to take us forward to the next level, potentially win trophies for Tottenham? Well, like my initial reaction when I saw Mourinho was appointed, I, I woke up, I think I saw it like literally rise and happen because I got up at 6.30 and they tweeted, Spurs tweeted straight away. I thought it was a joke. And then I just was so, I actually was really disappointed because of everything that had gone on in United. And I felt like Mourinho's time as a top manager was potentially kind of past in, in the style that he manages and the style that he plays was maybe doesn't really suit it to modern football. Um, and then kind of over the next couple of days, as I started to hear the things he was saying and the way he was talking about how he's changed and what he kind of was going to focus on. And also just how big a name he is. Like I know at our, our first press conference when he was there, um, apparently it was like the, the, by far the best attended Spurs press conference ever. It was just ridiculous. And then I've kind of got um, some Portuguese friends uh, who are like literally <laughs> have become Spurs fans overnight now because they just love Mourinho so much. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's just kind of the excitement builds then. And then obviously building up to kind of the, the weekend against uh, West Ham. Um, yeah, it was just really kind of exciting to see what he's going to do, how he's going to set up. Will he will he come in and try and play really defensively um, or will he try and expand? And I think also really excited then to see what happens in January in the summer, who he brings in, because he tends to... I, I can't imagine he's gone in without a guarantee from Levy that he's going to be given a pot of money to spend. Mourinho doesn't really go into places and kind of work on shoestring budgets. So it'll be really interesting I, my, the, the Portuguese one of my flatmates is Portuguese and <laughs> I think this is probably way too ambitious but he's thinking he told me the other day that he's seen in Portuguese press that Spurs are targeting Bale and Ronaldo to come to Tottenham in the summer yeah, for God's just, sake yeah completely <laughs> ridiculous but um if Bale, we got, if we got Bale not Ronaldo <laughs> no no way but if we got Bale it would be it would be unbelievable I'd be so excited for that and that's kind of the Mourinho, I think definitely with Mourinho, we're going to have more ambition in the transfer market to go for those bigger names and maybe Poch would have done. Um, and probably he's a bigger draw as well for players looking to come to Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. I think he brings a different kind of narrative to Tottenham than Pochettino would have brought because I think people were joining Tottenham for a project and with yeah. the hope that they could achieve like winning a Premier League title or challenging for a Champions League. So, yeah, I definitely think that, uh, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see even in January. And with the current squad, I'm also, it'd be interesting to see with, say, players like Giovanni Lo Celso or uh, and Dombele, whether they play a big part in, in Mourinho's plans. I thought it was interesting as well that uh, Lo Celso played absolutely no part of the weekend against West Ham yeah. and he chose Ericsson to come off the bench, who... He questioned his attitude even beforehand, so yeah. that's uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes and uh, whether or not Lacelso plays in the Champions League against Olympiacos as well. Yeah, I was really surprised actually Lacelso didn't come on. I thought I thought we'd definitely see him. Um, uh, I think I think Ndombele, when he comes back will definitely be a part of the squad. You know, I think he was injured in international duty, wasn't he? Oh, there was uh, question marks even before that actually because he missed he missed a game for us. Um, yeah, against, yeah, he had against um, Sheffield, wasn't it? He missed yeah, yeah, he missed that game, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I think, well, we'll come on to talk about Saturday, but I think, um, yeah, Ndombele is kind of needed definitely in that midfield. Lo Celso, maybe less so the way he set up 
on Saturday, but yeah, it kind of remains to be seen. Mm, definitely. And I think Deli Ali, which I think all Tottenham fans would be happy about, he seems to be a key part of Mourinho's plans going forward. And I think he's probably the best manager to get the best out of Ali because Ali himself, he has a bit of that kind of shithousery in him. Yeah. And Mourinho is all about that. And I think Deli Ali, out of probably all our squad, would react best to being uh, criticised if Mourinho does end up going down that road of of calling out players in press conferences, I think Deli Ali would uh, react with performances on the pitch, whereas maybe certain members of our squad mightn't uh, yeah. react well to that. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't like Lampard a similar age when Jose came into uh, into coach Chelsea as well, and obviously Lampard then turned out to be arguably one of the best midfielders over that decade. Um, so hopefully it got kind of got a similar effect on on Delhi. Uh, I'm a huge Delhi fan. I think when kind of Spurs with their best, it's when Delhi's playing at his best. So yeah, as you say, I really hope Jose can kind of get that out of him. Um, on kind of the reaction point, I actually really liked the way he criticised Ericsson. It wasn't so much a direct criticism; it was more just I need to see where Ericsson's head and heart are uh, in this club. Which is it was more kind of subtle, but still kind of getting the message across that. We need players in this club who actually want to play for the club and not just people who are collecting a paycheck and kind of phoning in performances. Definitely, because it, it felt up until now that the fans didn't want Ericsson involved, but Pochettino yeah. and the club's line was that he's part of the squad, he's he's a key player, nothing has changed, and that the contract isn't an issue. But I, yeah, like you say, I think it is. It's important to kind of make it obvious to um, the squad itself that Ericsson, you kind of have to book up your ideas and perform better on the pitch because he has been woeful this year. Yeah. Besides the opening day of the season, he has not really done anything this year. Yeah, completely agree. So, yeah, just looking ahead or looking back at West Ham, uh, were there any performances or players that you uh, were like really impressed by or a change of system that you noticed in terms of the differences in the way that we play between Pochettino and Mourinho? I think the key thing that kind of I I noticed, um, especially with Delhi, but kind of across the board, was that it sounds so simple, but it seemed like Mourinho just played players where they wanted to be played. So Delhi was playing much kind of higher up the field, I thought, um, uh, which is where he's at his absolute best, where he's kind of creating those little flick-ons to kind of bring player other players into the game, and he was he was so kind of high up almost with Kane, and then when the ball would be in the field, he'd drop back to pick it up and kind of the defenders couldn't really track him that, that whole time. So I really like that. And also the same kind of with Dyer and Winks, that Winks and Dyer weren't asked to push really far forward. Um, they're kind of more just kind of sat, which suits them much better as well because kind of, as you know, Dyer can really play that passing role at all. And while Winks can pass, he seems to be obviously more lateral and kind of possession-based than really putting those driving forward passes in. Um, then in kind of for, for the defence, I was watching something on Sky Sports afterwards. They were saying that the way we set up, we essentially moved to a back three when we were attacking, allowed Aurier to go up, which is playing yeah, against yeah. Um And kind of sat Davies back in with the, with the with the other two, Sanchez and Alderweireld, which is kind of playing to Davies' strengths. So yeah, I just thought the big thing that Mourinho did, and as, as I say, it sounds way too simple, but it was just letting players play where they want to play. Yeah, yeah. That was actually really interesting. I think we kind of picked up similar analysis. I was reading in The Athletic, this guy, Michael Cox, he he specializes in the tactical analysis of games. 
and he was just he was just showing the positioning of Aurier compared to Ben Davies, and I think Tottenham fans would all agree that Aurier is a disaster waiting to happen at the back, but he actually is a very good crosser of the ball most of the time. Yeah. Like he is far better going forward than I would argue that Danny Rose or Kyle Walker was in any of the preceding years. Maybe maybe Kieran Trippier was a rival uh, for Aurier in terms of giving those those crosses that kind of landed at Kane's head or feet like pretty regularly. But um, yeah, and I think with Eric Dyer coming in, that was something I I saw like a mile away whenever Mourinho came in that he would reinstate him, and I think. That's that's uh, that's an interesting kind of position going forward because I think we we do need someone in midfield who breaks things up because I think we have a bit of kind of a mix of midfielders that maybe don't necessarily provide a protection for the defense and they're not massively creative either. You wouldn't say Sissoko or Harry Winks is are like the most creative players on the pitch. Like Sissoko needs space to kind of thrive in and Winks keeps it relatively simple when he has the ball. But um, yeah, I think Eric Dyer could really become like a key player for us if he can recapture his form after all the illnesses he's had in the past like yeah. 12 months. Yeah, but, I thought uh, Suzoko was actually, I was really like, thought he was really poor when he came on. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to hear actually, do you think that the way Suzoko plays and is he going to be the player that's going to miss out big time with Mourinho coming in uh, in place of guys like Dyer and Andombele and Winks? Yeah, well, Sissoko would kind of fit the mould of a Mourinho-type player. Like, he has that physicality that he likes. Like, um, I suppose Dyer going forward, he might play in that role of the Nemanja the Matic or uh, a Thiago Mata when he was at Inter Milan. He does like that kind of physical presence at the base of his midfield. And I think he has a bit more creativity to him than Sissoko does. I think Sissoko has been brilliant in the past... Uh, year and a half like he's really proved all of us wrong but um yeah i think he'll he'll still play a massive part in terms of he'll get plenty of minutes this year and him and dyer might rotate a lot because i think Suzoko he was really really a key part for our defensive efforts last year i think he did a lot of work yeah. when ericsson was maybe not kind of paying attention to his defensive duties and he was covering for kieran trippier last year a lot as well so I think, yeah, Suzoko, he, he might not be as key as he was under Pochettino, but I still think he'll be like a, a really valuable member of the squad. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, I, I really like Suzoko. Um, I thought it was interesting as well. Sassion didn't make the bench. I don't know if that's, you know, people always criticise Mourinho about his young player, treatment of young players. Is that kind of a sign of something to come that he won't really be playing guys like Sassion, won't be developing those guys? Another one is Troy Parrott, obviously, Potch wasn't really playing him either, but there's now kind of big talks in the press of um, Parrott potentially going to somewhere in Germany, which would be really disappointing from both the Spurs and kind of an Irish fan perspective. Yeah, definitely. Because I think we were all like disappointed whenever they went out to Colchester in the Carabao Cup. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah it, is, it is hard to see Parrott getting appearances this season, particularly when Mourinho is, he's not someone who has a history of developing youth players. Like he has come out in since he's been installed as Tottenham manager, he's come out and said that every manager loves young players and loves to develop young players. But I'd say I'd say Sessegnon will have a big impact again. Uh, the Athletic, it's it's a good good source of information if anyone wants to uh, get some insider information from any club that you support. But um, Sessegnon is apparently 
uh, a player that Mourinho would have been massively interested in whenever he was Manchester United manager. Right. Uh, and he's excited to work with him. And I think he might uh, he might phase out Danny Rose in that way. But he does he does value experienced players as well. But I think I think Sesson Young will definitely play a big part. But uh, yeah, I would fear for Troy Paris' immediate future at Tottenham, which is yeah. disappointing for for Ireland and for us Irish fans particularly. But um, yeah, hopefully I'm wrong. But maybe maybe a loan move in January might be best for everyone, and that he could be recalled at the end of the season. Hopefully, having made an impact at maybe a club like Norwich or. Uh, someone like that, someone who came up and who will be given chances up there. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so I, another thing that I thought was interesting, and I I kind of support it as well, is that uh, the change in the way that we build up, there was no kind of passing around the back because I, I don't think Gazaniga or particularly Lloris are set up to to kind of thrive when we're passing it out from the back because Lloris is quite <laughs> quite dodgy. Like there's plenty of times when your heart is yes. in your mouth when he has the ball at his feet because he is very weak with his feet he's I think we're just we're trying to adapt to Liverpool and Manchester City style of play too much whereas I think Mourinho like you said earlier he's playing players in their positions and playing to their strengths and I think we should utilize Kane maybe in a more direct way sometimes there's no I actually there's no problem with with uh, bypassing your defense because I think Tottenham's defense as a whole maybe isn't the most comfortable on the ball except for um Maybe the centre backs, the Belgian centre backs, when they're starting together. Yeah. But uh, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily trust Aurier or uh, or uh, Ben Davies or Danny Rose in kind of deep positions. So yeah. yeah, that's an interesting kind of development, and I don't think it's going to lessen the entertainment value at Tottenham as well. I think we're going to become more of a counter-attacking team, which we we kind of have progressed into in the last couple of months since we yeah. have stopped our pressing game in that sense. So yeah, yeah, good signs I think early on. Yeah, uh, one thing that you mentioned, the kind of building up differently. Um, there was a big chance on the weekend from uh, Gazaniga uh, hitting the ball straight up to Son, and Son really should have scored that one. Um, I think it was in the second half, was it? I don't know if you remember the one I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, that then, was, yeah, yeah, second half, I think. Yeah, and then like, I know Gazaniga's actually really good at those balls. Remember against Arsenal yeah. was it last season, both of our goals in that game came pretty much directly from. His, exactly. his kind of long balls so yeah it's kind of playing to his strengths a bit and that as we say again Jose playing to player strengths yeah um, so probably looking ahead to the Champions League it's a pretty quick turnaround for for the Olympiacos game playing tomorrow night Tottenham trained today and uh, the players who were absent against against West Ham have, have trained this morning certain players anyway and Dombele is back in the squad and uh, there is another player as well. Harry Kane trained. I know he had a knock against West Ham. And I thought yeah. he might miss out, but he's back as well. Uh, Vertonghen, that's the other player who is who's training again today. But um, right. yeah, so I think uh, Mourinho, he has a history of making wholesale changes when the game doesn't particularly mean anything. But I think he'll he'll want to keep up that momentum for like a winning team. So I'd say he might uh, keep the kind of the core squad who started against uh, West Ham together, but he might play the likes of La Celso or Vertonghen. And, uh, yeah, and Dombele, hopefully, will get his first start under Mourinho. Yeah, well, we, we well we kind of do need to win this, don't we? I mean, if if we lose this, Olympiacos would be on four points, and they, they're playing Red Star next week with a chance to kind of 
overtake us, right? I know. I know. Tomorrow, that if we win, we go through. But yeah, uh, I can check the the tables. But oh, yeah, I think yeah. Olympiacos are on one point. So if they win, they'd be on four, and then um, they would play Red Star next week. Uh, who presumably Red Star are going to lose to to Bayern, uh, and that means that then Olympiacos could be level on points with us if we if we lose to Bayern. And then Olympiacos yeah. win. So, um, yeah, a, a draw is enough probably for us in this. But yeah, as, as you say, a win will guarantee 16, last 16. I think I, I think I'd like to see because it's his first couple of games. I think I'd like to see the core of the team kind of remain the same and give them a chance to get some confidence back. But then also bring in kind of a bit of fresh players. I'd love to see Indombele, uh back into that team, probably maybe in place of Winks, um, and then. Perhaps in Lacelso as well. I don't know. Maybe swap out Lucas for Lacelso. I thought Lucas was obviously which was well for his goal, but for me, I can see why Potts wasn't playing him all the time. He's great in those to create those big moments, but for a lot of the game as well, he just doesn't really contribute a lot. And he seems to be positionally, yeah. I'm not sure he's the most kind of secure. So I'd love to see Lacelso come in and then maybe sit behind a trio, a trio of. Alisson and uh, Kane and let the Celso play those little kind of passes into those three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Lucas, he is, uh, he's a perfect kind of impact sub. I think he'd probably want to, like you say, kind of up his consistency because he does generally contribute to a game whenever he, he comes on. He does look dangerous and then you think like, oh, he should start games instead of somebody else like Deli Ali, who's been pretty ineffective for the past couple of months, except for like against West Ham. But uh, yeah, Mourinho, he's a big fan of Lucas as well. So I think he'll develop into another key player. And he, he has like a track record of, of making these attacking players work harder defensively and making them more efficient. Like I think Joe Cole, he was like a, a big example at Chelsea who he became like a real world-class midfielder but he he probably took that kind of natural instinct out of his play he became a bit more robotic and I think Lucas could probably benefit from that as well yeah that, uh, yeah just to kind of put a bit of structure into his game where he can still have those moments where he's around goal because he's probably our best finisher behind Kane well and and Son I think I think Lucas is really like clinical in front of goal when he has the chance most of the time yeah so, it, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for this one. Actually, I'm I'm in the in the side stand tomorrow for the first time. Uh, haven't been there before, so I'll be really looking forward to kind of experiencing that atmosphere and stuff as well, being a part of that wall. Can't wait. Yeah, no, that should be great actually. Because uh, me and Luke, for for listeners, just let them know all these listeners. I think as of first episode one, it's just going to be a small circle of friends, and then possibly <laughs> this might expand into something. Uh, but yeah, for the people who don't know, which all of you probably will know, we, uh, me and Luke have season tickets in the West Stand, and it definitely isn't the, the most atmospheric section of the stadium, to be fair to say. But um, yeah. we, me and you give it a fair go like, for matches anyway. <laughs> we give it a shot, yeah. The two, the two of us in Evelyn give it a shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the side, stand, the side stand would be great. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm just, oh, Champions League night. It's supposed to be raining as well tomorrow, which I actually really like. I really like. Champions League football in the rain under under floodlights hard to beat it. Yeah, it's always a bit more atmospheric, isn't it? And it, it yeah. kind of gives the sense of uh, I think when you need results as well, it kind of makes it more dramatic in that sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I, I'd fully expect Tottenham to win tomorrow and confirm their place. And then Mourinho starts with back-to-back wins. 
And then we look ahead to Bournemouth on the weekends. It's another home game. So back-to-back home games where Mourinho could really have the perfect start and he could, at a very early stage, kind of uh, silence his critics in a way. But there's far tougher challenges to come than playing a, a West Ham team or, who are so out of form and Olympiacos, who I reckon will pretty handily beat. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, yeah, the Saturdays are a really big game, actually, because you know, 10th versus 11th. Um, if we're going to push on and, I, I don't know, it feels a bit like top four is probably too much of a stretch this season. But if we are going to do that, we wouldn't. We need to be winning every single game like this, um, especially with kind of our fixtures over Christmas and into January being quite difficult. So, yeah, hopefully, um, as you say, we can get like maintain our good form against Olympiacos. Perhaps he has more time to work on a bit of the defensive things and then put that into play against Bournemouth. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually would not agree with the, the top four assessment. I think with Lampard being there, that's his, that's his first season. And it's interesting that he's lost every big game that he's had this year. Like He lost 4-0 against Manchester United, 2-1 against Liverpool, 2-1 against City. Like I know most teams will lose against Liverpool and City, but I don't think uh, fourth is gone by any means. And Leicester as well, I know they've been fantastic, but they've really yet to hit any kind of bump in the road with their form. So as it stands, we're we're nine points behind Chelsea. So I think if we kind of get our home form kind of up and running, and Mourinho is really renowned for that as well, that his, his teams have outstanding home records, particularly... I think there was a time where at Chelsea he hadn't lost a home game in over two years or something like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, hopefully going forward we can still have an outside chance of getting top four. But, yeah, games like Bournemouth at home, we really have to start picking up wins because those games against Watford, Newcastle, and uh, who else did we lose? Sheffield United, like, their massive points dropped. Because uh, if you look at it, really, if we had picked up three points or even drawn against teams like Newcastle, it's uh, it would make a massive difference in terms of where we are in the table and being a lot closer to those teams who are who are having a fantastic yeah. season by their by their kinda standing. Like Lampard is doing very well, but I think we can we can definitely claw them back in the in the race for the top four. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see actually uh, keep an eye on, on Saturday, it'd be interesting to keep an eye on Aki. Um, because he's been linked quite heavily in the press again with us as a kind of target for Jose in the in the in January potentially or maybe the summer to try and strengthen our centre back options. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe just to to kind of round up the the podcast for episode one anyway. Looking ahead to January, do you think Mourinho will look to to spend heavily? Do you think he'll identify one or two players? Do you think any players will leave in the squad that are there at the minute? I'd love to see a few players leave. I think I think the squad needs some players to leave. I'd love to see Ericsson go. I know, obviously, it's hard to see how that material, how that deal would materialise, given that Ericsson has one of six months left in his contract and can go for whatever he wants really in the summer. But I'd love to see us get rid of kind of that kind of negative attitude. Um, I I used to be a really big Ericsson fan, but this last kind of year almost, I really really don't like the way he's kind of handled himself. I think. Players like him were a big part of the reason why Poch has actually had to leave the club. Um, so, yeah, I'd hope we get rid of a few. Ericsson maybe, perhaps kind of one of the centre-backs and then bring in some kind of, as I said, if we got Bale, I would literally, 
be straight down to the Tottenham source <laughs> by a shirt with Bale on the back. I would absolutely love that. He'd be, I think he'd make a huge difference to us. And then, yeah, a guy like Aki or something like that in the, the centre-back would be great as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the Bale transfer looks far more likely now than it did when Pochettino was in charge because I think Mourinho has... He's always courted Bale, particularly at Real Madrid. Like he is, he was very obvious with uh, his interest there. And then at Man United as well, when it looked like Madrid wanted to get rid of him, and uh, just the way Bale's like stock at Real Madrid, if it couldn't go any lower, it seems to be at its all-time low. Yeah. I, I'd say Real Madrid, if not in January, they'll they'll 100% get rid of him in the summer. So yeah, I'd imagine he'd come back to the Premier League because he's quite like a, a home. A homeboy, so yeah, I'd imagine that he'll he'll return to White Hart Lane. But the question is the wages, isn't it? Like, I mean, and also we only have to, we have to think about Kane's wages as well, because I think Kane is a, a clause in his contract whereby he has to be at least a joint highest uh, wages in the club. So if we bring in Bale on kind of higher salary, we will have to increase Kane's salary as well, and then our whole salary structure, which Levy has kind of um, uh, been building built over the last number of years is kind of gone then and it'd be it'd be interesting maybe Real Madrid will pay part of his um part of his part of his salary like was kind of talked about before but yeah, yeah. that's kind of the the big holder for me but yeah as you say oh, yeah I'd just love him to come back I would absolutely love him to come back yeah because I think we've we've often missed that kind of star signing when we've needed to move up a level and I think like the both of us have said as well if if Bale was to come back like not only would you have Kane he wouldn't so much have to be the kind of the man to do it every week. You'd kind of yeah. have a variation of Son, Kane and Bale potentially all contributing regularly. And I think even Bale with his injury record now, you would obviously you'd start him when he's available. But uh, I think we would be able to manage him with the, the attacking options that we have now with Lucas there and everything. So I think there wouldn't be as much pressure on, on him now uh, yeah. at Tottenham than there would be at Real Madrid. And uh, I think it'd be interesting as well to see Lo Celso, like I think his his transfer status at the moment is that he's on loan, and um, then yeah. it's it's a it's triggered as an automatic transfer if we qualify for Europe. But um, say if we don't, on the off chance that happens, we might not get Europa League football even. But uh, I'd expect us to at least finish uh, fifth or sixth, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he is valued by by Mourinho. I hope he is because I think there's been really encouraging signs. I think he's been unlucky with his his injuries with the way that he started, but he's looked really bright in games that he's played. Agreed. And I think he's going to be a massive player for us if he's given the chance to to establish himself. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes forward because there's there's an interest in Bruno Fernandez from last summer, and Mourinho is is still interested in bringing him. So that would be another uh, creative midfielder that he would have to compete with. So. Yeah, I just hope that doesn't spell um, a, p- a potential earlier than expected end for La Celso at Tottenham. But uh, it's unlikely, but uh, it's just a fear that I have that he might not yeah. be valued by Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. I hope he's given a chance to say, for me, he's looked really promising every time in the, kind of, in the few opportunities he's been given. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think as the first episode goes, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, thanks again, Luke, for joining me as co-host. We should have a, a regular weekly podcast, um, schedule permitting, <laughs> and uh, really enjoyed the first podcast. So yeah, hopefully plenty more to come with me and Luke this season. Thanks again for joining me, Luke. Thanks, James. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>